0: So thank you so much to the worship team for leading us in a wonderful time of worship. It would be very interesting if you could see my notes at the moment, because somehow they have been amended whilst I was not using them. There's a whole bunch of at signs everywhere. It's very exciting. All right, guys, good morning. Again, it's, it's really wonderful to, to be with God's people here. If you would like to take your kids to the Sunday school care that is provided, that you have a moment to do so now, um, the younger kids, you can be with them in the play area by the South Hall, down the passage and on your right, or uh, into the North Hall, where Joe has a movie on. That's a, That's our holiday care plan for our kids this morning, so... If uh, if you're not doing that, and, and while they're out, what we're doing this morning, the reason that you can see a bunch of uh, bright colored houses on the screen is because we're going to talk a little bit about Musenberg. and uh, so hopefully Tom will have that up for us in a moment when the computer plays ball. All kinds of excitement here. Yeah? But uh, we're not talking about the suburb of Musenberg, but more we're talking about the journey that we as a church have had in Musenberg. And uh, so many of you will know this. Some of you might not. Uh, if you are newer to our family, we have had a congregation that has existed in Musenberg for about nine whole years. This would have been our 10th year. Uh, I went back in my records and I found minutes from our leadership team meeting in late 2013. Uh, that was when we began to, to start and to plant a, a congregation of this church in Musenberg. So it wasn't a separate church. It was a congregation of... What well, was then NBC, so it became real interesting because uh, we had to say hello and good morning. Welcome to uh, Mederidge Baptist Church in Musenberg. It was very, very weird and confusing. And thankfully, somewhere along that journey, we became Connect Church. And um, so we started there in, in Musenburg. If you drive down the main road into Musenburg, just before you get to Musenburg, uh, just after the petrol station on your right-hand side, you'll see a crazy store on the left that used to be a hairdresser, which is where we used to meet. And uh, if and when the PowerPoint comes back online, you will uh, show you some exciting pictures there. But uh, you'll hear a bit more about that hairdresser later on. But that's where we began to meet in this hairdresser. We would have to move different things out of the way every time that we got there in the morning. There would be a new plant pot, or there would be a new hairdressing station, or there would be a new Buddha statue, or a new dream catcher, or an incense that had been lit in the back. It was very gracious, and they would come every morning, open up for us, and then go light incense for us because you know apparently we needed that. And as soon as they had left, we would then go put the incense out and then do some spiritual warfare to cleanse the space because it was all full of interesting stuff. That was where we started in Musenburg. And we started there with a heart to reach unchurched people in Musenberg. And so that was the heart. We we kind of hand-picked a collection of people. There was an interview process, an application process, and we planted with a leadership team and then another core team of about 30 people, and we went out to pioneer a work in Musenberg. And and gradually, we grew in that space until the hairdresser just couldn't fit us anymore, and uh, so we we looked for another space. We ended up in the CCFM building, which is a little bit further down the road on the right-hand side, and uh, over time, we peaked at about 130 people that were regular a part of our Sunday meetings in Muesenberg. And we did that as we did church in Musenberg We sought to do things a little bit differently. We sought to create a different culture, a different way of doing church. We were a little bit more flexible uh, with the spirit. We were a little bit less traditional in what we did. We had tea and coffee in the middle of our service because we couldn't have kids. There wasn't a space to have kids in the space. And so as a parent, you didn't just have to take your kids to the South Hall, but you had to go out, leave the service, go across the road, dodge the traffic, hand your kids over to the Sunday school team on the other side of the road in this um, living hope building, and then get back in time. So we, we started with worship, and then we stopped in the middle. We had tea and coffee in the middle, and then we came back. Um, and it was a really fun and exciting time. There, were, there was a lot, and you'll hear some stories later on, so I'm not going to spoil all of it now, but God was at work in really interesting and wonderful ways in that space. And uh, But we, we did encounter some challenges. It wasn't all the smoothest of sailing, and, um, and we navigated our way through that over the course of the decade that we were there by the time we got to COVID, COVID hit Musenberg quite hard. And over time, I mean, we, uh, there was a faithful group of, of members of our Musenberg family. We would gather together um, before, without me for a period of time and with me as well. We'd gather together in the parking lot outside the CCFM building. Um, we gathered gather together on the side of the flay. And we just gathered together as Christians in the Lord to encourage one another. As The government wasn't allowing us to meet in the building. CCFM wasn't letting us into the building, but we wanted to get together and continue to encourage one another to follow Jesus in our lives. And and that's what we began to do. And about 18 months after the end of sort of the COVID pandemic space, we began to recognize as a leadership team from Musenberg, as an eldership uh, across both or all four congregations, we began to recognize God was drawing the work in Musenberg to a close. And so in January of this year, uh, we, had to, we brought our Musenberg congregation to a close, and it happened quite suddenly because a lot of factors coalesced into, into a single moment. And so the, this morning we're here because we want to do two things. We want to honor what God has done in the journey that we have been on in Muesenberg. Uh, we were there for almost a decade, and God was at work through that decade, and so we want to recognize that, acknowledge that, and say God is deserving of praise and glory because of what he did. That's the first thing we want to do. And the second thing we want to do is we want to recognize and honor the people that served so faithfully in Musenberg And were a part of that congregation for so long. And to say that you are part of this family. You have always been a part of this family. And you met in another place. But now some of them are meeting here with us. And we love you. And we are so glad that you're still a part of us. So that's, that's the heart of what we're here to do this morning. And we want to bring the rest of you into that journey so that you can see some of it and, and see what God has done in that place. Don't worry about the PowerPoint. All right, we'll get there. I'm going to start and we, we're going to spend a little bit of time in, in Deuteronomy chapter 29. And so if you've got a Bible with you, you're going to need to pull that out because uh, the screen doesn't want to show it to you. Right, and uh, we, so let's pull out our Bibles. It's turn fifth book of the Bible, right? Last book in the Pentateuch, just before we get to Joshua. You've gone too far right? into Deuteronomy chapter twenty-nine. This is, a, this is an interesting moment in the in the life of the people of Israel in the Old Testament. They they've been through the desert. They're about to enter into the Promised Land, and Moses has this kind of final address with the people of Israel. And he's not going to go into the land. Joshua is going to lead them into the land. And so in this address, he begins to share with them and reflect with them on their past experience of being in slavery and being in the wilderness. And at some point, it transitions from Moses to the Lord who begins to speak to the people. But let's read it together from Deuteronomy 29 verses 1 to 6. It says, this, these are the terms of the covenant the Lord commanded Moses to make with the Israelites at Moab, in addition to the covenant he had made with them at Horeb. Moses summoned all the Israelites, and he said to them, Your eyes have seen all that the Lord did in Egypt to Pharaoh, to his officials, and to all of his land. With your own eyes you saw those great trials, those signs and great wonders. But to this day the Lord has not given you a mind that understands or eyes that see or ears that hear. Yet the Lord says, during the 40 years that I led you through the wilderness, your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. You ate no bread and drank no wine or other fermented drink. I did this so that you might know that I am the Lord your God. That's the passage I want to share with us this morning. This passage we're going to reflect on, and there's a lot that we could say about this passage. You might be thinking, what on earth has this got to do with what's happened in Musenberg? So bear with me for a moment but i want to pull out just one idea from from this passage in jeremiah 29 and uh, the idea is this that we when we experience things we can see things from one set of eyes and with one perspective and god can see things from a very different perspective uh, uh, i'll illustrate this to you because i think when we think about it, this is something we, we intrinsically understand. Uh, many years ago, uh, we did a couple of mission trips. We were going on an annual mission trip up to a place called Tegela Ferry in KwaZulu-Natal. And on the way to Tegela Ferry, we would stop over at Trevorton College because Shelly's stepfather was one of the teachers there. And it was a helpful point for us to, to stop before we went into Tegela Ferry to rest and a place for us to stop over on the way back where we would rest as well. And uh, so on our way back, we, were, we had finished our mission trip into Geller Ferry. We were taking one night's rest at Treverton before we did the long drive back to Cape Town. And uh, as luck would have it, the Tour de France was on. Now, if any of you know Shelly and know her husband, Mike, you will know that Mike really, really loves cycling. Uh, my, my love of cycling extends to what I need to know to get me from my house up the mountain and back down again. Right, that I, I love to cycle. I don't love to watch cycling. So, But we were watching the Tour de France. And from my perspective, this is what I saw. I saw a whole lot of cyclists on a road, on a mountain. Some of them were in funny colored jerseys, and they they went by in groups. That's what I saw. We watched for about half an hour. That's what I understood from what I saw. Then I spoke to Mike about it afterwards, and I discovered there was a whole lot more that was going on than what I had perceived and understood. Right, the guy in the yellow jersey I've since come to understand was the guy who is currently leading the Tour de France. Then there's a guy who wears a white jersey with red polka dots. I think I think that's the king of the mountain guy. You know, he's the he's the best guy at doing the climbing. I think there's a guy with a pink jersey that means something as well. Noel, am I? Okay. So all these different colors they all mean something. And then there are guys, they track their time from one day into the next day. And, you know, this guy is going to be good at this section of the road, but he's going to be bad at this section of the road. So we're expecting him to come a few minutes behind here, but he's going to catch up on the next stage over there. There's a whole lot more that was going on than what I was able to perceive. And this is so much more true when we talk about ourselves and God. There are some things we can see and perceive and understand. There is so much more that God is able to see, perceive, and understand. So in this case, in Deuteronomy chapter 29, we've got a bunch of Israelites, and Moses is reflecting on their very vivid lived experience. They wandered in the desert for 40 years, and their parents died in the desert during that wandering, and the children came through. Those children lived as slaves in Egypt. They saw their parents work as slaves in Egypt. They saw the plagues that God worked out on the land of Egypt. They ate the manna that God gave them from heaven in the wilderness. They drank the water that came out of the rock that didn't exist before. But from their limited experience, they were only able to perceive a fraction of what God was doing in those things. See how Moses records it for us. In verses 2 and 3, he says... This is what they clearly saw. They saw trials. They saw miraculous signs. They saw wonders. They saw saw all that God did to Pharaoh and to Egypt. They saw those things. But for 40 years in the wilderness, they were not able to perceive the way in which the Lord looked after them. They weren't able to perceive that their clothes and their shoes never needed to be replaced. Lord, I would love that anointing, that blessing. That would be great. They weren't able to perceive that they never had to make themselves food and make themselves drink, but God provided that for them for that period of time. So what has that got to do with the journey that we've been on as a church in Muesenberg? See, for the Israelites, this was a rebuke. Moses was warning them. He was rebuking them for not recognizing all that God had done. But for us and for me, I think this is an incredibly encouraging idea. Because just like the Israelites, they went into the desert because God had commanded them, leave Egypt, go here. Our venture into Musenberg was the same thing. God called us to go and to do something. This wasn't just a good idea that someone had one day. This wasn't a personal passion that someone drove. This was something that as a leadership and as a church we embraced. We got behind. We believed that God led us to plant the congregation that we planted in Musenberg. And like the Israelites, there are things that we have lived through, things that we have seen with our own eyes, which we know God has done. And you're going to hear some of those things a little bit later in a moment. We need to celebrate those things. I want to say to us guys this morning, we need to celebrate the things that God has done. But the fact that God has drawn this journey to a close does not mean that it was a failed venture. Something I think is really significant for us to recognize. The fact that some of what we have seen was different to what we expected to see doesn't tell us about the success or failure of the venture. It tells us only about the limited nature of our perspective and what we're able to see as we reflect on that. So that for me is the beauty of the story in Deuteronomy 29. See, when we see only a subset, God sees the whole. When we can perceive only one aspect of a thing, God sees the entirety of it. Where our vision is limited to what is happening now in the last nine years, God sees into eternity. And he sees the fruits of what happens for all time. And so I am so confident of this, that we followed God into Musenberg in obedience. And that we have seen some of the wonderful work that he did there. But there is so much more that God has done there and is going to do because of what he did there that we haven't even begun to perceive or may even never see. But God is at work in all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen? Amen. See, this is a really lovely verse at the end of Deuteronomy 29. It's so interesting. It says this, and it's also verse 29. It says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that he has revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow in the words of his law. See, there are some things, friends, that are just going to be God's alone, that we're never going to see or understand in this life. But there are things that he has shown us, shown to us, and revealed to us that belong to us. We need to own them. We need to recognize them. We need to share them with our children so that they can help us continue to follow faithfully before our God. So I want to join with Paul in his confession in, in Romans chapter 11. Paul says this. He says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. His paths are beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. 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 Okay. So I've now said enough. And amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, Trev. That was, that was tight. And so I've asked some of the members of the Musimo congregation just to share their experience of how they saw God at work in the time that we were there. And so I'm going to start with Tom at the back who's got the PowerPoint working again. Good work, Tom. Right. Give Tom a lot of grace, guys, because this PowerPoint is 684 megabytes, right? so it causes the computer all kinds of challenges. So um, we're going to have Tom, and then we're going to have John and Shirley, and I think there are a few others from the Musenberg team who'd like to say something, and then we've got one or two videos that we're going to play as well. So Tom, thank you so much.
1: Well, I didn't realize it was so, such a big file that I thought it was a personality clash between me and the PC. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Every time I seem to sit there, it just looks at me and it hates me. (laughs) Anyway, it's working now. Um, Well, good morning. Um, My wife would be here, um, but unfortunately she's just recovering from COVID and she probably doesn't want to spread any of those germs around. So she sends her apologies. But it was um, about 10 years ago, it was 2013-2014, when... um, Jason asked Jackie and I if we would go and join the um, leadership team at Musenberg. We had just moved from a house 300 meters down the road to Clavelli, And um, it, it made logic for us to go to Musenberg, but we prayed about it just to make sure it really was right. Um, and I had a real, in fact, we both had a real sense of calling to go to Musenberg. Um, when we arrived, I must say I really, really loved that church, and I really do. Um, because it was held in a hairdresser, as you'll you'll hear, when I walked in, I was pretty startled by this rather hideous green, <laughs> as way I could describe it. It was very unusual, um, but but to me, it 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 wasn't the place. It was the people that made the church. Um, it was the hearts of the people that was there. I think it was every second week I would. Um, Come, come down here we, to, to Jason, we'd hitch up the trailer, and we would drive it out there with all the sound equipment, and you would arrive, there was like a hive of activity where people were taking away the chairs in the hairdresser and replacing it with other chairs, we would put the sound equipment together, and we'd sort of build a church. Um, and that, that was really special to me, because church is not about the building, um, the building, or the things in it. It's really about the heart of the people. And that is something that, that really shone through for me throughout the time we were at Muesenberg. Um And it didn't really matter about the little Buddhas. We would just turn them around. And the <laughs> dream catchers, we would just sort of secret them away. <laughs> um, it, it was, our God is much greater than those sort of things. And that was what was really wonderful. Um, we were really lucky to have Jason and Brad as, as our leaders. I mean, Jason made sure that there was a very sound foundation of the Holy Spirit. And both Brad and, and Jason did that. And Brad continued with that quite strongly all the way through. And I think that that was the one thing that struck me about, um, about, about Musenberg. Was that there was the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to actually work through the people that were there. And it was, it was nice to do. Um, the Holy Spirit was very much a part of those services in my mind. And you could see some of the people who would start operating who would just disappear in a large church like this. I mean, I think of, is it Rachel Fenner? Um, what an amazing heart to serve she had. It was quite incredible. Um, Claudine, you have just appeared as a prayer warrior, you know. It's just, it's really amazing. Just people who you might easily overlook um, really began to shine. And that is a measure of a church. Are the people spiritually growing? And that's what they did. We were stretched at times, and I did things which I never thought I would ever possibly do. Um, The one day, John Besson was preaching, and he said, oh, we're going to have healing today. Um, Tom um, is going to stand in the corner over there, and if you want healing, go to him. And my eyes grew. <laughs> really? Healing? I don't heal. It's not my, not my ministry. But I thought, well, let's step out of the boat, and hopefully I won't sink, um, and went across there. And thankfully, there was a lady who came across. I think her name was Brenda. Um, and she said, I've got a gift of healing. Can I join you? I thought, Sure. <laughs> Okay. And we, the people started, there was a queue of people and we prayed for each person. And there was one young lady from Waiwan, and this is just to give you an example, um, who, who had a particular problem um, with her skin. And so we prayed for healing for that. And just something in the back of my mind said, this is not about skin, this is actually about the heart. And I sort of said to her, are you under stress at the moment? And it was like, her eyes just grew big, and she said, how did you know? And I said, just asking. And we prayed for her about the stress, and I put oil on her forehead, and as I touched it, it was like a, an electric current went through her body. You know, it, and, you know, I still hope she's healed. <laughs> um, so we, we were stretched in that sort of way, and I found that amazing. During the services, the Holy Spirit was very cl- clearly there. I remember um, one Sunday, John, again, was... Pr- came down to preach, and Inika Finstra, who some of you might know, um, stood up and said, you know, the Holy Spirit has said to me today that actually, John, you're not going to preach, (laughs) Um, which was a little strange, and John, bless his soul, said, okay, she said, there are so many people here who I don't really know, I see them, I see them every week, but I don't know them, you know, perhaps people can tell their story. And one person after the other stood up, and these were deep, deep stories that they were talking about. It was one of the most powerful um, services I've ever, ever been to, and that was clearly the work of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I think the other thing about it is that it felt like a family. It was a very homely place. One of, one of the things that I really value Brad about is he's a very relational person. And I think God used him very strongly in that respect. I think, John and Shirley, you are as well. And I think, you know, you set an atmosphere of family and friendship. I, I would come because I was often fighting with the computer here in the mornings at some of the services. And I would rush through to Musenberg And as I walked in, I'd make it just in time for worship. And I'd think, sure, I'm home. And it really felt like home, and that, thats what's very, very special. Um, also, I think that it played a very important part because people came and go, w- went through Muesenberg all the time. But one of the people, one of the uh, organizations that came through was YWAM. The, a lot of the y, young YWAMers would spend three months from all over the world in Muesenberg. and. Um, I recently spoke to Gerard Weisch from YWAM who said that they used to intentionally send the YWAMers to our church because they knew it was a family. They knew that there was good worship and there was good teaching. And whilst they didn't stay, they I think they took a bit of Muesenberg away with them. Yeah, I think I've said enough. Um, but. One of the things, there's a huge danger of being bound by tradition and bound by dogma and bound by place. And thank goodness we never actually built a church, a physical church, because often you can change your ministry to justify the place and the dogma and the tradition. And when when that actually happens, I think God is displaced. And I think it very clearly is a time where God is actually saying, move on. And that's what we're doing the congregation in Musenberg. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Tom, for just sharing from your heart what you've seen God do through that. I'm going to ask John and Shirley, they'll come and join me on the stage. Like Tom and Jackie, uh, John and Shirley were part of the Musenberg congregation right from the very beginning and uh, carry a lot and gave a lot in that space. Thanks, guys.
2: Hello, everybody. <coughs> well, it all, all started, in actual fact, when we moved to Muesenberg and Shirley was looking for a hairdresser. <laughs> so so she said, I've got to find somewhere that's that's close at hand and, and I want somebody that actually would just take me when I want to go. So not this booking months in advance. So she goes down to the hairdresser and lo and behold, she's sitting there and had her hair done. And then she says, um because we were looking for a place for the church, okay, in Muesenberg. So she said, um, would you mind if we had church here in the hairdressers? And the lady said, mm, I'll have to talk to my husband about that. And she goes away, comes back and says, yeah, sure, fine. So we had a place in the hairdressers. And I, I won't go on too long, because Brad wants me to cut it short a little bit, because other people want to speak. But But it ends up that the place across the road, we in actual fact, which is Kids' Kingdom... We walk over there, and we said, um, we're looking for a place for children. We're, we're starting the church. up, And the woman says, um, I think God sent you here to me today because I used to go to Connect Church. but I stopped because I had children, and so I stopped going. So she said, I think he, he's talking to me. And so we said, well, can we use? She said, yes, free. So every Sunday we had King's Kingdom, had a place to set up every Sunday, free. So That was really, you know, that gentle little spirit talking to you, if Shirley hadn't heard that, we wouldn't have found those places. And just speaking out, you know, being a bit more more forward, I probably would be a little more reticent, but Shirley leads the way in that regard. So, yes. So that's where we we began. And then, you know, what was so good was actually working in a team. We had a team, and, and to start off, we used to walk the streets on a Wednesday morning, I think it was, around about 7 o'clock or quarter to 7. We'd walk the streets praying in Musenberg. And then we'd meet again on a Thursday as a team, and so we, a lot of effort has to be put in inside the church. And, and they realized my gifting initially was making coffee, so I made the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really it, but, but it's, it's interesting. We all had to just do whatever needed to be done. And so it wasn't a question of come sit down and let's receive the message. No, it was we had to get stuck in. But it was good because there were things I didn't want to do. But I had to do them. And it's good because as you know, men, I think, generally speaking, I'm generalizing, a little more reticent than the ladies. We're a little bit short of coming forward, generally speaking, I think. Unless it's an adventure and we're climbing mountains or something. That's different. So... <coughs> The team that we, we gathered together, was, it was good. And um, during that time, we, we found we were growing so much and we needed another place. So lo and behold, we happened to be going to a meeting at CCFM. I we said, well, this would be an ideal place. Well, next thing, Shirley phones the person and said, well, we'll talk about having a church. And then we got John and them involved and they know various people. And so we ended up in CCFM. That was our next church. Then <clears throat> that grew a lot, a lot there. We, we, we had a, a lot of people come through there, but we got the word that natural fact this is going to be a transient church. So people are going to come and they're going to go. So please don't be, you know, the Lord really saying to us, don't be disheartened when you see that. Cause it, because it's quite sad when you see people have been there with you, working along, with, and then they're gone. It's very sad natural fact. You get people, you open your hearts and you get close to them and then, then they're gone. So that's what started to happen there in actual fact with the church. And then it came to COVID and everything closed down. But we said, well, we rather think we should do what God says rather than what man says. So we got, I think it was about five or seven of us initially. We went into the CCFM car park there. I bought a, a tiny um, Mr. Price boom box. So I put some music on the and we stuck it in the middle of us and we gathered in a circle. And as we gathered in a circle, all these police fans drove up. So I said, to, okay, um, all these police I said, but don't worry. What I'll do if they're looking for the leader, I'll say it's Margaret because she's the oldest. So, so we, we, we continued and, and as time went on, we got, we got bigger. I think we ended up with about 23, 25 people and we would go to the flay. I bought a boombox then bigger because you know, with the wind blowing, you couldn't hear it so well with the little one. So we had a big boombox. We were at the flay and if it was raining, we went into our neighbor's dabber garage if they weren't there or we went to the coffee bar and we broke bread there even, took the boombox there as well. So we would meet wherever we could meet. And so, and and from that, I think we we were, we had to step out. And then when we came back from COVID, we came back into CCFM and then <coughs> our team was, it shrunk. So we, there was Tom um, and, uh, and Jackie and Shirley and myself. And then we said, well, John and Tara become available. So we spoke to them. They joined us. And then we got, later on, Richard and Emily. They also joined us. And it was good to have a team back again, because you have to rely on one another. You know, you've got to be there every week. I mean, you guys can say, well, I don't feel like it today. But we have to be there every week. Somebody has to be there. And, and it's, it's quite disheartening when you find it, it's not too full, because people are doing this and doing that, because you put a lot of effort into teaching. I mean, I had to do teaching and other stuff in, in that. So it's a lot of effort that you put into that. And it's quite disheartening when you don't see the people rock up. But anyway, we <coughs> is that about it, I think, for it's you?
3: For now. <laughs> hey Brad, it's about it. Okay. So l- let me just bring it back to the spiritual side of things. When the Lord called us over 28 years ago, we didn't quite comprehend what the life of faith would involve and what it would look like. But if I he- read from Hebrews 11, John Weston, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and very succinctly put this morning in O.C.'s devotion. O.C. says this, Faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. It is a life of faith, not of intellect and reason, but a life of knowing who makes us go. The root of faith is the knowledge of a person, and one of the biggest snares is the idea that God is sure to lead us to success. So when we said that Musenberg has to close down, it would feel as if it wasn't a success. But we know in our hearts the secret things belong to the Lord, as Brad said, and what he revealed to us really belongs to us. We had experiences and encounters that will hold in our hearts forever secure in the knowledge that God is for us and not against us. We have seen Tremendous work and seeds that have been sowed. So as people, we talk about the the leadership team, and we talk about um, the preachers who came and our experiences. But for me, it was the people. The people of the church. And we saw many, many people come from different nations. One time I remember asking how many nations are here in the place today. And in the small congregation, there were about 14 different nations we are still in touch with people from the USA, from the UK, from India, from the Netherlands, Germany, um, people who have transitioned through. They're now in Nysna, Pretoria, the wilderness. they all over. And we just know that what God actually imparted in their hearts was a word that was powerful, that was sharp, and it was spirit-led. Because we talked all the time, our whole emphasis – in Musenberg has been about spirit filled, spirit led people. We encourage that, we taught that, we try to live it. And and the one last thing I want to really say is that we were a body. Not only were we a family, but we were a living body. Jesus is the head. And we want to continue his work. So sometimes I might feel like I'm just a little pinky. Somebody else might feel like I'm a big toe. But you know what? There's a place. There's a purpose. There's a gift. There's a deposit inside each and every one of you. Every single person they transitioned through had a story. And we had a wonderful way of doing this in Musenberg. Every person had a name tag. So I got to know every single individual by their name. And I'd say to the Lord, quickly, quickly tell me who they are. Before they arrived, I'd put their name tag on them. And you know that because of that, people want to be seen. People want to be known People have a story to tell. They want to be heard. And so don't neglect the gathering together. Because as we gather on a Sunday, there are people who are hurting. People who need to hear that they are being seen, that their stories are being told. That's what the church is about. It's a living body. And that's what I want to take away from that. We've got lots and lots and lots. If you really want to know stories, we can give you stories. But that's my reflection. And so I just want, lastly, to say we ended off so quickly and so suddenly that I want to say how saddened I was in my own heart. I only stopped crying yesterday. I but.
2: Told her to grow up. <laughs>
3: So so that's the bottom line. It was a sad time for us to say, this is the end of a little journey. But we know we continue the work of Jesus. And thank you, everyone, for being part of our lives, for participating and encouraging and supporting us in this work. We could not have done it without the grace of God and his faithfulness being evident in it all. Bless you. Thank you.
0: Thank you guys so much. We so appreciate you and what you've shared with us. Um, I know there are at least two others from the of congregation who'd like to say something. So, Gertrude, why don't you come and join us. Gertrude's also been with us for quite a long time in Musy's right near the beginning. Gertrude was drawn into that hairdresser, so, yeah, you can stand down there, Gertrude. Thank
4: you. Morning, everyone. So I came across Connect Musenberg by mistake. Like, I, it wasn't intentional. I was at that point in my life where I was tired of church. Um, I, I was tired of church, a church where I'm focused on the men of God or whoever. I was, yeah, I was frustrated. I said to God, I'll even go to, to the Anglican church or whatever, but I don't want this anymore. So I was going to checkers because I I lived across the hairdresser. And then I see a church, and John and Shirley were outside uh, welcoming people, and I'm like, is this a church? What's going on? And so I spoke to them. Then I said, okay, I'm coming next week um, because I thought, oh, this could be a good church. And I meant to check it out and see I don't want men of God anymore. And um, so I got in there, and um, yeah, it was so good because I also work with YWAM, and many YWAMs were coming, so it felt comfortable being there as well. Although it was a long journey and learning, because there were so many things I learned uh, being in Connect Musenberg that I wasn't, um, I didn't do before. So one of the biggest challenges uh, when I reflect back was when God challenged me and said, "Get rid! You're not loving well. You're not loving well." That was like a turning point in my life. You're not loving well, and I just went to the front. Thank God there were a few people there, not as much as this. And I had to repent and say I'm not loving well. And then from there, transition and learning how to love well. Um, And, yeah, and one of the things as well in Musenberg was, if you were a new person, after the service, people come to you and ask you, who are you? How are you? How did you end up here? It was this kind of place where you just felt at home. And there was such freedom even to, you know, run with my giftings and everyone was welcome and, yeah, and just being together. The other big thing was during the COVID. Um, Maybe for other people it wasn't very hard, but for me it was hard because I live by myself. And just the fellowship we started to have, you know, on Sundays, even during that time outside, we would walk. We had such fun times. You know, and having communion in a coffee shop was amazing. I don't forget that. It's one of my highlights. But it was just this consistency that I had. That was so amazing. I could call John and Shelly anytime, and uh, even they would call and ask bread cold and how are you doing how is it going and it was just that um community that we had in Musenberg that was so amazing and uh the other thing i learned was also to serve in church um growing up i wasn't raised that way you know you just go something is done i was one of those that you know, would say, oh, they should have done that, or should have done that, but I was never involved, you know, but in Muesenberg, then I learned to serve, then I learned to also pick up chairs, you know, and learned to do other things, which was so amazing. It was just this amazing place where people knew you. They knew me. They, They were aware I was there. They they would fall upon me. I could call on them. I could, you know, have this relationship. I was open. When you need prayer, you are so open. You are not doubting. You know, they will pray for you with all your heart. And so this, you know, like um, I've forgotten who spoke uh, and said that, you know, a plug may be pulled, but God didn't pull his plug, you know, on on our lives. We're still with God. He still loves us. Worshipping in a different place—it's like going to a new school. You don't know many people, but you know it's a transition. So, yeah, this is who we are. Yeah.
0: And uh, so, I'd I just like to ask Claudine, won't you come and, and join us as well? We're going to try and capture because I'm aware of time, and we want to also just honour. The, the people of Musenburg. Um, so, Claudine, why don't you come and just share. Claudine has been such a champion, stalwart with us in Musenberg as well. She headed up our prayer chain and journeyed with us for many years. Claudine it's wonderful to, to hear from you. Thank you.
5: What I'd like to say is I came to Musenburg at a time in my life when I already had problems. Um... I had come to Cape Town from Johannesburg because I could not breathe in Johannesburg. And Usenberg provided me with a new family, a family of sincere people who not only believed in pri- Christ, but lived their belief. They took me through times of sickness, two broken arms, Seriously broken job losses, even coming to clean my flat when I was in hospital. I can only say that I am eternally grateful to the people of Muesenberg, to their hearts, to the kindness that they have shown me and the true Christianity that existed at Muesenberg Connect. And I'm honored to have been part of that church.
0: We had two videos that I wanted to show you, but I think we're going to stretch you to do two. But I do think I want to show you the one from Jason. Um, For those of you who have been with us for a long time. You'll remember Jason. Jason was one of the pastors here, and he went overseas to serve the Lord in Chilton in the UK about seven years ago. He was the original pastor with responsibility for Musenberg, and he prepared a video for us that we're hopefully going to be able to watch together this morning, and then we're going to just finish up from there. Thanks, Tom.
6: Great. Hi, everyone. Um, I am so glad that Brad reached out, so thankful that he reached out to fill me in on what has happened in Muesenberg and the reality that the work there from Connect Church has come to a close. And for those of you uh, perhaps that don't know me, I'm sure there are many of you now that are new in the church who are not going to know who I am. Um, I was able and I'm so thankful that I was able to play a role in the Musenberg community as that got started. And so I wanted to share a few things, um, just my reflections on the news as I've heard it from Brad. uh, And hopefully that is helpful reflections for you as you process this, what is, I'm sure, a difficult, challenging and perhaps painful time for many of you. It definitely is for me. And so the first thing, I guess, to say is that season of being able to journey with you uh, in that time of ministry right from the very beginning. uh, Those times of meeting together, praying with the leadership team, sensing God's heart, um, being able to feel the, the sort of the precious responsibility of carrying this vision from the Lord uh, of beginning this work in Musenberg and carrying the light and the hope and the joy of the kingdom into that place. I think those initial prayer meetings and discussions with the team and getting things started in the hairdresser, uh, I mean, incredibly, just incredibly special time for me. And I think will always be one of the most significant and special times in my life to reflect on, um, both because of the relationships and because of the amazing things that we saw um, God do in that season, and so I'm so thankful to all of you, all of you that played a role in my life and built into me, uh, and gave me the grace to build into you. Uh, I think I will never forget that season and that time. It's going to be with me forever, and I think the fruit of that and what got built into me in it, through that time um, is is still um, being a blessing to me, and I hope a blessing to others as uh, as I'm able to minister in this different place um, as a result. Of that. So that's the first thing to say. I think one of the most special seasons of my life and ministry um, has been in Musenberg with all of you that were involved during that time. I think the second is that, again, if you're anything like me, um, the fact that this has come to a close, it is always so difficult when ministry things that we've loved and appreciated and have been you know, powerful in our own life and formation come to an end. Um, and I think I have felt a deep sense of loss and sadness um, that that has been the reality in Musenberg, as I'm sure many of you have had to process that, perhaps over a longer period of time than I've uh, been able to process that. But um, I think it's still quite raw for me at the moment. But as you process this, it's difficult. It's, it's, it is painful. There is loss. There is all of those confused emotions about following the Lord and seeing him do these wonderful things. And yet that season and that time comes to an end. And I think as I've reflected on that, Uh, and ask for God to speak to me about that. Um, I think what I really have sensed the Lord say to me, and I perhaps uh, would want to say to you as well, is that the kingdom of God is one where death releases life. Death releases life. And I think it's always been that way and will continue to be that way, whether that is us as we die to ourselves, we die, we sacrifice. Um, There is a cost to to ministry at times it is intensely and deeply painful to give your life away for god that the life and joy and grace and blessing and hope of the kingdom could come through us to others um, and so uh, we see that ultimately and perfectly in jesus who dies for us and opens the door for the kingdom that we might all be able to come in uh, and have a relationship with him and life in the kingdom forever and so this idea that but the kingdom of God is one where death releases life, is, is always going to be challenging, and yet the fruit of that is always going to be eternally powerful. And so my sense for you in this time is that this death, and it is in a sense a death, the closing of this ministry chapter, will birth something new in you um, if you seek him and trust him for the next chapter as that is going to open up Um, and I think these doors that open often through pain um, often it's a process of pain that will open up the next season Uh, of God's grace and blessing in our lives and so I trust that uh, as much as this I'm sure is going to be a season of pain for many of you and loss it will open something of great value of deep sort of spiritual kingdom worth that you will be able to step into and again experience the joy of being able to offer yourself as a living sacrifice that the life of the kingdom would be able to flourish and come through that so please know that um, I and and Nikki uh, and the family here are all going to be praying for you in this season as a church um, we want to say we love you and we miss you and our heart is with you uh, in this time and our fond affection <laughs> uh, for the relationships that we have had and the experiences that we've had will always be there uh, and so we bless you and we praying for you we ask that you would pray for us as we seek to do the same to give our lives away and to die that the life of the kingdom might come through and flourish in this place um, as a testimony and as a fruit of what you've invested in us uh, over such a long season of, of our journey with you and and trust that as we do that we will see both the kingdom flourish in cape town and the kingdom flourish in london so and um, bless you um, we are praying for you Um, and this season and chapter which has been such a blessing to so many I do pray will birth a new season of God's grace in and through the church so love from everybody here and thank you again for the opportunity of being able to speak into this very precious moment God bless
0: So we're going to begin to draw our time to a close, but before we do that, I really want to do something that I believe is really significant. I want to ask all of those of you who have been a part of the Musenberg congregation, why don't you guys come up to the front here, because we would like to pray for you. We would like to welcome you into this family. You've always been a part of this family, but now you're a part of the family that is here, Um, and I'd love to ask the elders if you guys would come forward, just pray over this wonderful family. And if any of you would like to just come and stand around them and, and just symbolically encompass them in the fullness of this family, please won't you come and do that. And we are so thankful, and so we just we honor you this morning and we honor each of them for who you have made them to be and what they are to us and how much they mean to us. And so we thank you, God. And and all of you guys from Musenberg, we want to say thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you're a part of us. Thank you for the way in which you served us so faithfully for some of you for many years and some of you for a short time. Thank you for just being a part of us. We are so glad to have you, and we are so excited to see God continue to work through us together as a family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Just before I send you out for coffee, we want to ask Mark and Caroline if you guys will come and join us. You guys are going to the UK. You're going for six months. You're going to care, but you're going as missionaries from this place. You're carrying the Spirit of God and what God has done in you. And we want to just pray your, the, the Lord's blessing and anointing on you as you go. So uh, for those of you who
6: know Mark and Caroline... There's probably two words. Mark is an incredible encourager, and I feel Mark, the Lord is sending you to be an encouragement. It's quite incredible because we just heard from Jason, who left this church and has gone to the UK. Many of you will know now John and Terry are going to the UK. You guys are going to the UK. And Caroline, the word that I had for you was peace. The peace of the Lord go with you as we receive from you all the time. So, for both of you, I just have those two words: encouragement and peace. Um, and I just felt this morning, uh, um, uh, John and Shirley have known Caroline and Mark for a long time, and I just felt like it would be so beautiful if both of you could just pray for them as we as we send them. Amen.
3: Yeah, Father, we thank you for this couple. We thank you, Lord. That may your spirit, may your fire just fall on them even now, Lord. That they would be a transformed people. Going, going in the grace and the glory and the comfort and the faithfulness of our almighty God. Lord, they are not just going for work. They are going on an adventure with you. And we can trust you, Lord, to guide their steps. To guard their hearts. To strengthen them for the challenges that lie ahead. Lord, that nothing that they are going to encounter is going to be a surprise for you. And Lord, that you have equipped them powerfully within themselves to stand rooted, grounded, firmly established on your love. And so Mark and Caroline, we send you in the mighty and magnificent and powerful name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name, that you would go wherever you go, where your feet are sent, Lord. That you would absolutely make a way for them. That your favor has gone ahead of them, Lord. That they would go in power. They would go in power. Now may the Holy Spirit just fall upon them now, Lord. May they be strengthened with all power from on high. That the excellence, this treasure that you've put inside of them, that the excellence of the power of God may be of of you, Lord, and not of them. So we thank you now. In Jesus' name, be released to go in the power and the excellence of a faithful God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
2: So you know when we don't know what to pray whether the Holy Spirit will do that for us. So we thank you, Lord, for this couple. Je rends ça la grande part, de pancon et sans le goin, le goin. J'ai pour penser à tes, le moment, qu'il t'a le qu'il qui montu, j'ai rends ça de et t'y, wa, ou t'es mort. de temps, la porte de ça, et d'où, quoi, l'énorme, j'ai acheté le roi. J'ai quoi, de t'être en relation, et pour te dire, uuuh, j'ai rends ça de So we thank you, Lord, that you give them light hearts. We thank you, Lord, that you give them ears to hear your gentle voice. We thank you, Lord, that they will hear even when the noise around them is immense. Give them strength, Lord, in their limbs. Give them health, Father. And the words in their mouths, may you put them there, Lord. May you clear the way for them. May you open doors that there will be ears to hear what you have to say through them, Lord Jesus. And we thank you because you're there, Jesus. Amen.
7: by um, these two. And it's been a real blessing uh, to to travel with them. And in fact, I renamed Mark Chief Lions. (laughs) Um, And I just want to say, I feel as if God wanted that. And um, when I got out of the car, or oh, I went to get into it, um, Caroline would always get out and show me and take my things and for me to get in. I shan't forget it, either of you. I shan't forget the time thing, no I've spent traveling to connect from Kirstenhoff <laughs> with Mark and Caroline Lyons.
0: So friends, my apologies for keeping you as long as we have. I believe the Lord has been at work amongst us this morning. And just for those of you who might have found what happened in that moment a little interesting, bring a little bit of clarity, John has the gift of tongues, which will usually manifest in John's case in some kind of French or Chinese-sounding language. But the Lord will often then give him an interpretation of that. And so that was what you would have heard in the second half of his prayer. And so just so you're aware of that, we don't willy-nilly express things in foreign languages, but if we do that in a public space, we trust the Lord to bring an interpretation of that so that we can be edified. Friends, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Please go and enjoy some tea and coffee. If you've been a parent and you've been waiting on me graciously to finish, we so appreciate that. Have a lovely week, and we'll see you again soon.